We're without our supreme leader and respected comrade this morning. Does that sound all right? That's lovely. Mm, That's good. Our our benevolent dictator. The great helm. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Come on, Steve. (laughs) I like this job. Um, He will be back very soon. But the good news is today, guess what? (laughs) (laughs) Or as I call you, you know what I'm going to call you instead? The boys who get bullied into having their homework copied back in town. Would that yes. be reasonable? The boys are back in the library. <laughs> boys are back in the Bodleian. Break time was too loud. Yeah. That was the original uh, version of the song. Yes. <laughs> Guess who cried in the toilets today? <laughs> Steve. Um, I am joined, of course, by the marvellous Mr Novelli. Oh, yes. In cinemas now. He's a very heavy boy. Mm. That's, that's the catchphrase now. <laughs> and the splendid Steve oh, Hall. Do you God. like that? I like that very much. Oh, you sounded so grateful, Steve. You can. I'm, I'm not used to such charity. <laughs> you can. You arrived with a flat cap this morning. It's all coming together. You can text the show on eight twelve fifteen. You can follow us on X. Still not working. That is it. Yeah. Um, if you're going to rebrand, think about the verb. Follow us on X and Instagram at Frank on the Radio, or you can email us via Frank at AbsoluteRadio.co.uk. Um. I enunciated that in quite an old school TV presenter way. That was it was real. You could have done the voice of uh, the talking clock after. Yeah, after the tone. I like it. That will be crisp, crisp enunciation. Yes, uh, boys. I'm not going to lie. We all miss the king of comedy yeah. when he's not here. That's Frank, by the way, not you two. Mm. Sorry. I love you both, <laughs> but there's only one daddy in this studio. <laughs> Um, I worry a bit sometimes, and I hope Absolute Radio won't mind me saying this, I worry a bit that, are we a bit like the sort of slightly less glamorous animals in the zoo having to raise their game when the monkey enclosure is shut? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. when it rains and everyone goes, oh, we're going to have to go and see the bats now. <laughs> Better make the most of it. Or the sort of palace of, of grasshoppers. <laughs> what's your worst zoo? What's your, what's your absolute... I will only do this in an absolute code red emergency situation animal Ooh. that you will see. Oh, it used to be, because I used to live near London Zoo. So when it the kids used to were, be, what, it's evolved. Yeah, when, the, when the kids were small, like, we'd go there quite a lot. And it's, it'd, it'd be the ones where you couldn't see anything. It'd be, it's like an animal that sleeps 23 hours. <laughs> yes, yeah. And the kids are insistent they will not move until they yeah. spot it. It's going to come out. It gets nocturnal. <laughs> They shouldn't even have it available. I hate the ones that sleep. Play the game. Because the zoo's shut when they're awake. It doesn't make sense. Is that like the student enclosure? Exactly. (laughs) They're just sleeping now. The the goths. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously, every day at one o'clock, it's the goth feeding uh, display. I'm actually seeing... You see, I think we we are quite bat enclosure, (laughs) Steve, if you don't mind me saying. Pierre, a bit more bare. Oh, yeah, what sort of uh, loping out of a kind of concrete tunnel to pick up fag ends. The spectacle there, don't get me wrong. You're a very literary, learned bear, but a bear. Now, listen, I need to tell you something. I went to see Frank's show this week, 30 Years of Dirt. I never tell him what night I go because I'm a woman of mystery and I like to keep it that way. (laughs) But what I will tell you 
is that firstly, Pierre, who was his support act, was phenomenally funny and brilliant. Oh, I was so proud Thank you. and relieved. There's always a sense of relief, let's not lie. It's always a relief. Because yeah. you've said to your friends, I took my best friend and her husband, Jonathan, and my goddaughter, and you build these people up. And you think, yeah. come on, deliver. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he delivered. And Frank's show itself, and I'm honestly not saying this just because I work with him, uh, it was so hilarious. I- I'm going to go comedy masterclass, Steve Hall. Fantastic. <laughs> my friend Jane, uh, who I went with, she said... I honestly haven't laughed that much in a year. And I think her husband, Jonathan Ross, actually took that comment very snugly. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jonathan thought it was brilliant. My goddaughter, Honey, said it was brilliant. It got five stars from the whole family. We oh, absolutely love it. So I do urge you to go and see it. It's on, it's on tour at the moment. Is that right? It will yeah? be, yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Keeping your cards a bit close to your chest there. <laughs> yes. It will be, yes. <laughs> It's, uh, I think we're we're finishing up the West End run, and then we're off to we're off around the country in a in a week or two. Okay. Yeah, we're we're everywhere. In a week or two, let's all scarlet pimpernel over there. <laughs> Love it. Frank Skinner. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. A little distracted by the weatherman's jacket on oh, TV. I appreciate yeah. this isn't very professional of me, but it's just. Uh, it's, a, it's an odd fit, is all I would say. Yeah, that's, a, that's a spilt something on himself. He's, he's, <laughs> oh, do you think he rushed in? And <laughs> yeah, he's had to borrow from, oh, something bless. from someone else. I need to tell you something briefly. I will stop talking about Frank's brilliant show. But I need to tell you something else, which is that when I was... Uh, there's some music that Frank comes on to, which you'll be familiar with. Yes. Yeah. I would describe it as... It's very peak, Frank. It's kind of why I love him, but it is essentially an, a very seventies or slash eighties man shouting. Yes, <laughs> it's that kind of music. And when I was sitting with my goddaughter, Honey, and she said, "Oh, what's this music?" There was no shade there or tone, but she was intrigued. And I said, well, I was looking for a way to describe it, and I think she kind of nailed it. She said, oh, I know the kind of thing you mean. Is it when an angry man shouts, I grew up in an old shoe? (laughs) I said, yes, it sort of is that, really. I think that's fair enough. I think you've pretty much nailed it. Can Can we talk about the song? Can we identify the song? Well, Jonathan Ross filled me in on this because he, he loved it. He said, are you talking about Jonathan Richman, yes. is it? Am I, mean, I right there? Roadrunner. Road yeah, Roadrunner by Jonathan Richman. Road, yeah. it's, it's one of the best songs of all time. I love oh, I grew that up in song an old very, shoe. very, very, very yeah. much. Well, he's, but Jonathan Richman's really happy, so so most of his albums are oh, okay. incredibly upbeat. He, he's the, there's I, so I grew many up things very like, happily in an old shoe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I grew it's, up in an old shoe. Well, it's, about, it's just about loving <laughs> driving. It's drill. Because I know Frank passionately loves that song. So I once I sent him an article once. There's a brilliant music writer called Laura Barton who did the drive that is described in in uh, Road Steve is all going to get mojo now. Yeah, um, and yeah I, it's a beautiful song. And yeah. yeah, she drove. She did the okay. uh, Route 128 in America. Uh, and it's, yeah, it's through the desert. Nevertheless, it still sounds <laughs> like someone singing I grew up in an old shoe. Well, it's, it's like oi oi. Yes. People shouting oi. Yes. 70s punk English. You oh, know. they love an oi. <laughs> now, listen. And an unusual way to start a discussion on a breakfast radio <laughs> show, but I never said I was usual. I know, do you may recall I was banging on about my hatred of WhatsApp groups last week? Do you recall? Mm. Yes. I'm not done. 
<laughs> okay. With my middle-aged rants about modern communication. I'm keen to know where both of you stand on the phenomenon of the missed call. Because I don't know exactly when this happened. But it feels like, what would you say, maybe 10 years ago, everyone collectively decided that the voicemail was phased out. That was done with. And you're deeply uncool and out of touch if you leave a voicemail. If you leave a voicemail now, it's the equivalent of saying, do you take traveller's checks, my good man? <laughs> would you agree? I, I would agree because... Uh, because it's like a sort of a voice note that I can only hear if I have to ring a different number. Yeah, yeah. And, and, yes. And um, I, th I find vo the way that people leave voice voicemail. Voicemail. We're not on voice notes. No, you and your yeah. new no, no, but things. Voice, voice notes are immediate, whereas a voicemail oh, is like a voice note that I have to telephone a robot to get access <laughs> yeah, to. Which there's, is so there's insane. 20, there's 20 seconds of dead time. Yeah, yeah. And mm. it's usually to discover that it's half it's half of a recorded message about have you had an accident. Yes. <laughs> and also, also, even when it's a real one, I think that the way that people leave voicemails, mm. the, their tone of voice, I find it very embarrassing. Do you? Because they right, give me a give me a classic voicemail tone of voice. Um, so like this is Pierre. I'm not in. Uh, please leave me a message. <laughs> So first of all, there's there's that long gap where people worry that they're not being recorded, and I I hate that because it goes boop, and then you hit the voicemail goes you have one message. Oh yeah. <laughs> Hi, yeah, I'm just calling because we uh, and, and there's people trying to think like oh oh god, what were the details of my call? What was my plan? And you can hear them trying to do it, and you just think mm -hmm. oh just text this. Yeah. Just text this to me. There's but a, a missed call is the worst of all worlds. Well, I was just going to say, you're right. The voice note has clearly replaced the voicemail to some degree. But when did we all decide that the missed call was an acceptable way to leave, let's face it, a frankly passive-aggressive <laughs> message? It's kind of, well, you'll never know, will you? <laughs> Look what you could have won, you loser. Or I'm at the bottom of a ravine. <laughs> <laughs> this will haunt you forever. It just seems odd that that's become okay. That we all think that that's an acceptable form of communication. People treat him. People will say to me, "Well, I left. I, mi I left you a missed call. You yeah. left me a missed call." <laughs> You may as well say, well, I walked past your house and swore. If, if any readers have an opinion on this, they can uh, phone the show. <laughs> I can't promise we'll pick up. But I'll tell you what, just hang up on us. It's a lovely way to communicate. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. Can I tell you something quickly? I don't know if this is too much. TMI. Oh, I hate people say that. I'm yeah. one of them. But I, ha I really had a terrible anxiety dream last night about hosting this show, <laughs> which I've never had before. The producer, rather patronisingly, just went, oh, <laughs> I heard you. There's a, a lovely lady called Daisy who sort of, how would you describe her, Pierre and Steve? She's the major domo of the show. Yes, yeah, I would say she is. She, she, she's the godfather. Yeah. She is. She runs things from behind the scenes. And... I had this awful anxiety dream that she'd called me. I woke up in an absolute cold sweat, thinking this had happened, <laughs> saying, I'm, I'm afraid it was an absolute disaster. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly. 
And it was about that she used the word absolute. Absolute disaster. Disaster. I thought she's making a joke at my expense. She said it, it just didn't work. So oh I'm really sorry. Word. But what well, I, I hope th- Daisy's listening live because <laughs> she knows the text that she needs to send you at the end of the show. <laughs> That's the text you said. It really upset me. And I'm really fond of her, but I felt really angry with her this morning. Do you ever get that with dreams? You get angry when you dream about someone. Oh, oh, yeah. Well, it's particularly the number of partners who have woken up furious at me. I beg because your of pardon. A thing I, because of a thing I did in their dream. Yeah, my, my girlfriend's done that. I've, I've not done it. Maybe this is we're discovering a new gender difference. Oh, ladies, eh? Well, ladies, ta- I tell you what, we take ages to get ready as well. It's, it's, a, bit more, it's a bit more abstract, isn't it? If you saw an old school comedian going like, it, the thing about the ladies is they're haunted by their dreams. Yes, yes. <laughs> oh, this is an odd tone for this guy to be taking. How can I move on from this? Because I just don't think she should have said absolute disaster. I just think that was a bit off. It was rude. Yeah. I got in trouble once for, for dream, dream misdeeds. Oh, did you? What did you do in your dream? I, 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 I think I, I kissed someone who wasn't my girl, uh, girlfriend in her dream. And, and you then liked I, it? And then I paddled away in a canoe. <laughs> <laughs> and I sort of slowly slipped over the horizon. Can I just say, that is the most peak dream way to exit <laughs> a scenario. And then I got on the back of a giant shark. Why don't people ever use doors in dreams? Anyway, it's always the thing that the canoe will be like, oh, it's a canoe. That means the, yeah. she, had, she had money concerns. Yes, exactly. Yeah. exactly. <laughs> I want to apologise for telling you about my dreams. I do, you know my views usually on dreams. More boring than listening to your problems. <laughs> but I had to make an exception because it's, it's, it's really, it's been sitting, it's been weighing heavily yes. on yes. me. Um, anyway, <laughs> let's return to the subject of the missed call. Mm. Possibly... The rudest. I mean, I honestly, when, I think what I, I don't mind if someone calls me, oh, you're not there, I'll try you later. It's this unspoken sort of contract we've entered into that that is the equivalent of leaving a message. And the onus is now on me to respond to that person. It's like writing, where were you in paint on someone's door? (laughs) (laughs) I don't like the let them wonder suckers aspect of it as well. And I do it because if I don't, people will think I was born around the time of the abdication crisis and I don't want them to think that. And it's, but it is the passive-aggressive uh, passive aspect of it that I take issue with. I had one recently. I had someone leave, I think it was between 5 and 6. Oh. Let's call it 5.5. Missed calls in a row within... Probably a 15-minute period. Oh, that's bad. Yeah. Yeah. Now, these people don't care. They'll keep going. Yeah. That's, that's, at bo- that's I am at the bottom of a ravine yeah, level. Yeah. That's well, emergency. they better have been. Well, yeah. <laughs> if hope, they weren't... I, I hope so. I was going to have a problem with them. You'll find out what happened. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. Boys, I, I want to actually, before I get onto the subject of missed calls again, <laughs> I want to say to you that you can text the show on 81215. You can follow us on X and Instagram at Frank on the Radio, and you can email us via frank at absoluteradio.co.uk. By the way, thank you so much, Steve, for being with us this morning because, and you, Pierre, <laughs> don't fall out, you two, because you dashed here from Birmingham. Yes. Am I right? I, yes, that's correct. I'm uh, 
in Birmingham last night and tonight as well uh, on tour with my uh, my good friend Steve Williams. I like my good friend. And um, and we've sold it out as well. We don't even need to plug it on air. Yeah. We've sold them both out. Uh, getting, uh, a bit, uh, getting a bit yeah. cocky. I mean, yeah. London Leicester Square Theatre March 9th needs a lot of help. <laughs> <laughs> you, you were in... Uh, you had a hotel... I did, yes. We put him up in a hotel. Very, I say very we. Nice. I had no involvement. <laughs> <laughs> I want to ask a question. Did you did you get involved in robage? <laughs> um, I'm always interested I, I mean, if I'm, people get involved in robage for the night, or whether they think no, that's more of a weekend thing. The I, hotel robe. I'm presuming you mean hotel robe. It's not. Again, I'm so out of touch. <laughs> robage could be some new thing that young people are doing. Have you never tried robage? All right, Granddad. No. <laughs> no, no. I've never worn a hotel dressing gown. Well, you see, no. Frank hasn't either. I've never yeah? worn one ever. Why don't you wear these robes? Uh, well, partly. Number one, I'm a naked walker. Uh, and, um, whoa, 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 Steve. <laughs> I mean, not through the corridors, but, uh, no. you know. I'm, I, I, you know, one of the, one Why of my are you first acts, yes. <laughs> too, too offensive even for George R.R. R. Martin. <laughs> I don't like that. That's like a Game of Thrones late night special. The yes. naked walkers. Sorry. Uh, yeah, because your... the first action I ever do at any hotel room, I am straight with the Do Not Disturb sign. Yes, because things bit are going to sleazy, happen. Pierre. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't know. I think that's right. I don't like. Uh, yeah, not in a sleazy way. Just in a. Well, uh, the naked walker says. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just in a. You know, I need the world to be. Just in a leave me alone way. Yeah, yes. No, I agree with that. Do you? Yeah. If I if I'm in a hotel and they have a bath, I like to have a uh, an evening bath, and you don't need people knocking on the door telling you things about. I don't know. There's you a, there's too, a with fire. Your, your naked walking <laughs> and you leave me alone and your weird baths. You're sounding more and more like a Netflix documentary is <laughs> about to be made. About. But I, I think I think wearing a robe in a hotel room if you're a man is more perverse than yeah. than not. <laughs> because I would be so worried. The, what the only people who would wear that gown? Yeah. It's it's a bit like you know you're meant to like wipe down the remote control because it's the thing in a hotel room that never gets cleaned. Is that yes. right? Uh, yes, I've heard that. Yeah. So oh. I, I know people who bring transparent pouches to put the remote control inside <laughs> so they don't have to physically touch it. I also know some very very insane people. <laughs> <laughs> transparent pouches. Did oh, you bring I'm... your remote sandbag? <laughs> Damn, I've forgotten the remote plastic bags. I, I always leave something. This it would be like being a crime scene investigator <laughs> in every hotel. This Bag could, it up. This is a marketing idea for hotels. People have to bring their own, the remote sandwich yeah. bag. Here at the Hilton, we have our own creepy little bags for the uh, objects in the room. Let's draw attention to yeah, how unsanitised yeah. our bedrooms are. Don't worry about our filth. It's in the bag. Yeah. So, dear sir, well, consider how disgusting you know yourself to be Then think there's been 10,000 people in the same room as you, all equally as mucky. Or worse. Do you know what the good thing is? I might try that, Steve. Yeah. The, I don't always have plastic bags on me. <laughs> Unlike you, it seems. But I do. Uh, I do always have the dog. Yes, that's the, the dog thing. bags. Oh. Do you think uh, one of Ray's? Ray, one of Ray's bags will. I call them his comfort break bags. <laughs> yes. Do you think that would work for the remote I control? Think, I think it would work absolutely. And then you could still use it. Ray could still use it later on. And they're not see-through, so it would lend a, a, a pleasing air of mystery to what channel you were going to put on. <laughs> Aren't they? <laughs> wow. <laughs> Frank Skinner. Absolute Radio. Uh, we were talking earlier about the phenomenon of the missed call. Mm. The, the very rude phenomenon <laughs> of the risk call. The, the warning call. of it. Yes. You said you'd gotten 
five or six in 15 five minutes. Five or six. And do you know what happened? Well, you're going to find out whether you like it or not. <laughs> and they were one of those, I call them the sort of, I'm not going down without a fight, <laughs> Miss Callers. Mm. They, wouldn't, they wouldn't let it lie. So by the sort of fifth call from the same number, didn't know who these people were, they weren't stored. Uh, not in contacts. One of the most insulting <laughs> oh, <yeah>. things that <laughs> can ever be next to your name in a phone. <laughs> not a contact. NAC, you don't ever want to be NAC. No. <laughs> and so after the sort of fifth time, I thought this must be urgent. This must be yes. an emergency. I'm going to have to pick up. So I picked up and a woman said, hello, is this Emily Dean? And I was so stunned at the lack of urgency in her voice. I was absolutely livid. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I wanted her to be saying, hell! Yeah. Yeah. Or just the sound of distant gunfire. <laughs> <laughs> Ideally. Yeah. And I said, I kind of did this intentionally. I said, sorry, what's happened? Because I wanted her to know yes. that she'd, she'd interrupted my life. And she'd created an air of emergency. Yeah. yeah. And she said, happened? I said, well, you've called me five times in the last... I mean, it was a very aggressive start to <laughs> yeah. a conversation. I said, you've called me five times in the last 20 minutes. What's going on? And she said, oh, it's Lisa from Mercedes-Benz sales room. We just wanted to invite you to our special customer uh, event. Unacceptable. Wow. It was in April. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and, and Lord. That, and at that We're point, you were like, well, that's, that's fine then. I understand that was an emergency. Oh, said, Thank God you called. <laughs> If it had been BMW, I'd have been furious. <laughs> I said, Lisa, by this time, I was going, I was giving it for Lisa. Lisa, why did you call me five times in a row? And do you know what she said? Lisa said, well, I just didn't want you to miss out on our exciting new deals. <laughs> Someone's getting a promotion. <laughs> I was wow. so floored. And it was getting quite... I felt the emotional levels were rising. I suddenly felt... This was like... A, it was like talking to an ex or something. <laughs> I said, which was quite an odd response, I actually said, I said, it's just quite full-on, Lisa. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly said that. Bit, bit needy, Lisa. <laughs> and I thought, where, where have we ended up, me and Lisa? <laughs> Lisa, I'm just not that into you. <laughs> it was. And I said, it's just quite full-on, Lisa. And there was a pause. And do you know how Lisa responded? She said, Oh. <laughs> oh That's me. Which, again, floored me. But I kind of respected her. Because then she said, OK, so can I put you down as a yes then? Oh, no, that's <laughs> that is so great. And do you know what? I ended up feeling so guilty and responsible for her feelings and like I'd maybe snapped at her and shamed her that I think I might have to go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just go tap her on the shoulder five times but walk away before you speak to her. <laughs> this is Frank Skinner. This is Absolute Radio. You are listening to the Frank Skinner Show. There's no Frank this morning, but there is myself, there is also... Pianovelli, and there is also Steve Hall. Hello, we're all here. Oh, I liked hello. Yeah. <laughs> Lovely little new lunchtime news program. <laughs> you can text the show on eight twelve fifteen. You can follow us on X and Instagram at Frank on the Radio, or you can email us via Frank at AbsoluteRadio.co.uk. And we're very sad that Frank's not here, but we're going to do our best. Absolutely. Uh, what about yeah. when someone said to me, "Never look online." 
Never look at what's said about you. But I did. <laughs> Whose was that? It was mine. OK, I do apologise. Uh, that was my phone. And someone I said... I hope it wasn't a missed call. Oh, can you imagine? It'll be the Mercedes-Benz woman. <laughs> yeah. Saying, I yeah. just didn't want you to miss out. I know you're presenting the radio show, but I didn't want you to miss out on one of our fabulous deals. Uh, and someone had said, I think you were very capable. Oh. oh. What do you think of capable? Um, it's in the same realm for me as safe pair of hands. Mm. Oh, I mean, only a goalkeeper wants to be described that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah really. Yeah. Or a jeweller. Yes. Can we uh, please let us? Uh, I would like to delve into our reader correspondence because I do love our readers. Absolutely. And let's yes. face it, they are really the chief content providers <laughs> for this show, blood. particularly when Frank's off. <laughs> so, have we been hearing from the outside world? Yes. Well, on the subject you were talking about missed calls in the previous hour, I was, uh, and we've heard from uh, Julie from Bognor Regis who's asking the opinion of the team. She says, I wondered what your views are on hi being replaced with hey on emails and texts. Why was this necessary? Hi was fine and did the job perfectly. In my 50s, I've now got the dilemma of whether to stick with hi and immediately put myself in the old git category or to embrace the hey, which feels unnaturally. Am I too old to hey? Your advice would be much appreciated. Great question, Julie. Too old to hey. What do you say, Pierre? I'm not sure. Do I think hi is old? I don't think so. Hey is more casual than hi. And I know that sounds mad, because they're both obviously casual abbreviations. Oh, absolutely. But... I mean, hey, for example, if you had to write to your local councillor... Yes. And you strike me as the type that would see <laughs> if you don't take that the wrong way. That's, that's fine. Mm. I, I would. What would I preface it? I'd preface it with word up. Yes. <laughs> you wouldn't... De you see, dear feels odd. It feels very archaic. It feels a bit in, Jacob Rees-Mogg, dear. In an email, it feels odd. Doesn't it, it? It feels a bit like writing, from the desk of <laughs> Mr. So-and-so. It it's doesn't. a bit signing off the text, yours sincerely. Yeah, whereas I think I would, I would, not, I would not mind if I got an email from a bank that said hi but I would find it weird if I got an email from a bank that said, hey. Yeah, you would immediately think that's a scam. I'd go, that, scam? Yeah, it's, it's up there with, if they, if they prefaced it with, dear, dear sir, wagwan, <laughs> your, your, your bank account is overdrawn. You'd immediately think this is not all, real. All right, fella. <laughs> I always think if I, if I get a hey, I always think it's going to be bad news. Yes. Yeah. I think it's their way of sort of softening me and trying to butter me up. Yeah. I'm a deeply suspicious character. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you missed our Mercedes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Did, hey, Emily. Hey, Emily. I'm afraid the news isn't good. <laughs> it's time to use one of the best phrases. You, you once shared this with me, Steve. <laughs> Would you like to share this again? I don't think we touched on this last week, but whenever I see Steve, I am reminded of... Yes, I think it was a cab driver, I think, uh, who um, there was some sort of lengthy delay or diversion but it, it involved the journey being a, lo a lot longer and he used the phrase he said, he said well that's the way it crumbles cookie wise he said <laughs> I'm afraid that's the way it crumbles cookie wise and you know wow. what I've never forgotten it Steve <laughs> that's great well a long time later I, I found out fairly recently it's, um, it's a line wise. it's a line that uh, Jack Lemon says in the film The Apartment but Is I love that, that right? at some point oh, this cab driver will have watched Jack Lemon and gone oh, I'm having that or just heard it. Yeah, yeah. And gone, well, that's the phrase. You see, so when I get an email 
the reason I, I wanted you to remind us of that is because it needs to be shared with the world. But whenever I get an email beginning, hey, I think it's going to be, hey, Emily. And the tone will be, I'm afraid that's the way it crumbles cookie-wise. <laughs> Do you see? Yeah, yeah that makes sense. Cookie-wise, the cele- clown. We could celebrate it, the hay festival. It could be a new... Yes. A new, but I don't, I don't think Julie needs to change. I think she can stick with hi. I think if it's formal or an email to someone she doesn't know hi, anything else, hey. I like that you two have like laid down the rules for Those her. the rules, Julie. Yeah. Get on board. So, so you would... And how do you sign off? Best? All best? Um, nothing w- at all? Yeah, nothing at all. I say think. thanks. Yeah. Regardless of whether or not I feel thankful. <laughs> oh, don't do thanks. No? Thanks is worse than yeah. a missed call. Is it? <laughs> yeah, I remain your faithful servant. That's how I do it. <laughs> your, your humble, obedient servant, yes, Stephen wit- Hall. Yes, witness my hand this day, the year 2000. <laughs> <laughs> you do actually Little say JPEG that. of a wax seal. Yeah. <laughs> Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. Let's share with the group some of our readers' correspondence. Yes, so... That um, question to Pierre Novelli. Last week we were talking about... Uh, we'd had some correspondence sent in about fictional tourist sites. People in Verona can go and visit Romeo and Juliet's balconies, graves, etc. Yes, I seem to remember I got uh, very angry about the Harry Potter platform. Yes, uh, in King's Cross there is a... There's a trolley embedded in the wall and people like to queue up and take pictures of themselves as if they're about to fly through the wall holding the trolley. And um, it's always got a long queue and it never doesn't freak me out that there are people (laughs) queuing in a section of railway station (laughs) to stand next to a wall. Does anyone ever just appear and say, it's not real, go home? Stop, stop (laughs) it! Waving their hands, it's fake! Yeah, well, uh, I might start, because they block the way to the loo. Um, do they? Yeah, do, yeah. Oh, okay. But, yeah, you can go to Verona and visit um, Romeo and Juliet's fake graves and things, which is mad. Mm. And, as we said last week, very English teacher. Yes. Very person laughing at Shakespeare jokes. Um, yes. So, uh, Becky writes in, following on from fictional tourist sites uh, chat on last week's show, I wanted to let you know that when I went to Dubrovnik, we were on a walking tour around the walls, and an American woman asked the tour guide, when did the events of Game of Thrones happen? (laughs) I like the events of Game of Thrones. You know, the uh, historical events depicted in Game of Thrones. (laughs) The poor tour guide just responded in a very lovely and measured way that the TV show was filmed in the city from 2011 onwards. Very diplomatic. Good... A good, uh, 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 that's a difficult tennis ball that's been thrown at that yes. period. And they've hit it back with, with some grace. Because you don't yeah. want to humiliate the customer. Don't you? Okay. <laughs> Thanks for that. Well, they, we're not an American customer because they will tip you if you don't, oh, <laughs> if you're yeah. nice. So I definitely wouldn't if I was a tour gun in Dubrovnik. But the American woman wasn't having any of it, insisting he committed to hard historic dates <laughs> on when a woman on a dragon destroyed the city. Oh. This happened in 2021, and my friend and I laugh about it every time we see each other. <laughs> you see, it's interesting because I never believe that. Whenever I hear about Pete, I think it may have been Frank. I think, in fact, this is a Frank thing. That Frank says he never believes it. You know when soap stars say, people came up to me in the street and tried to punch me because of my storyline? <laughs> yeah. Frank says, I never believe that actually happened. I don't believe people are that stupid. That <laughs> I, I, they I, believe the soap. I, I never believe 
that someone would actually think the events of Game of Thrones happened. But now I, I trust Becky. She sounds like a, a trustworthy, reliable, honest source. I believe this 100%. <laughs> yeah. Do you? Yeah, yeah, Spe- yeah. Speaking as someone who has been, you know, being when a lot of the times when I'm back in South Africa, I've been travelling surrounded by Americans or I've done things with our Americans there. And the questions they ask about Africa are along these lines. Really? Absolutely, yeah. There's, a, there's, And it's not an American thing, it's a, it's a person who... I imagine the woman would defend herself and say, well, obviously not the dragon bit, but, you know, the rest of the events. <laughs> <laughs> the White Walkers, or should I say, mm-hmm. Naked Walkers, naked walkers. <laughs> as we've re- rechristened them this morning in yes. honour of Steve Hall's uh, revelation. Ro- robeless antics. <laughs> his habits. Just, just one more word on the naked walking. <laughs> I don't wish to be indelicate, uh, obviously doesn't bother you. <laughs> do you, with the naked walking, do you make sure you close the blinds? And... Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but also, I mean, the blinds are quite high up. So, so the, well, the, says you. And the, well, they, these days, everything's hanging quite low. So, the, so it'd have to be a very low, it'd have to be a, a oh, very, it'd have to be angles. a picture window. My. It'd be like Jason Bourne trying to snipe you. <laughs> That's the only way he'd see. I don't imagine Jason Bourne. Do you think Jason Bourne leaves a do not disturb? <laughs> I, I don't. Does he wear the robe, though? I guess he could use the, the Jason the Bourne robe. hasn't got, I tell you, he wouldn't wear the robe. Reacher. No. Reacher's not a rogue man, is he? No, he's in his boxes. Reacher's not an anything man. Because all Reacher has, I only discovered this recently, so it's just a toothbrush, isn't it? Do you know about this? Oh, yes. Reacher, sort of, uh, do you know about this, Steve? I, do, I don't know Jack Reacher. Are you familiar with Jack Reacher? I am Reacher? familiar with Jack. Okay, I think why men like him is that he only carries a toothbrush around with him. Yes. <laughs> that's it, is it? That's all he packs or something. If, if yeah. any of our readers are Reacher fans, that's all right. We're all God's children, I forgive you. Can you what does he carry? I think it's just a toothbrush. I think so. No toothpaste. No, because he can buy that. And, you know, but apparently... <laughs> that's the bit you don't see where Jack Reacher has to go. I've just got to go to Boots. Yeah, yeah. There's a meal deal as well. Do you know what? If it was a bit more like that, I might get involved. I nearly fell off my chair then. I don't mean that as a, I was laughing so much. Or as they so delighted with Cheryl Crow. Yeah, maybe that's how much I like her. So what's happening with the, uh, the outside world, well, please, boys? Simon has got in touch, and he, is from, he says, uh, best wishes from Simon on the Black Isle. Oh, OK. The Black Isle, which I like. What's the Black Isle? I think it's in Scotland, but I like it. It's quite piratical. Mm. Do you um, know what the Black I'd, Isle I'd is? I'd never heard of it. I was wondering if it was connected to the Game of Thrones. It's another American <laughs> believes it. Well, it. well, it is. So Simon says, um, regarding uh, people believing fictional things, uh, he says Peggy Mount was doing an evening with Peggy Mount tour. And she said that theatres reported people requesting refunds ahead of some shows because she'd played a character on Casualty who died. So they thought that she had actually died. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't know. I I only know the name Peggy Mount from a Half Man, Half Biscuit song. I I don't actually know who Peggy Mount was. I believe Peggy... Where is Frank Skinner when we need (laughs) him? I've got a feeling... When I think of Peggy Mount, I think of her saying her name like this, Peggy Mount. <laughs> That's all I can tell you. That's all you. you've got from the mists. I see her sitting in the chair, um, spilling out of the chair perhaps, <laughs> of the sort of slightly cantankerous, uh, powerful woman who takes up space. But you know the woman yes. on the sitcom who's a bit like, what, you're coming round here? I won't have any of that in my nice boarding house. A lot of gesturing with a cigarette. Yes. 
anyway. she's a, a Nora Batty type figure. I believe so. I may be wrong in it. Perhaps our readers could give us a pricey of Peggy Mount. <laughs> we don't rely on Wikipedia or Google no. here. We rely on our readers. Peggy Mount, pricey, please. Yes. Um, but I, I think that a reason I believe the fictional things concept, especially, I'm afraid, with an American tourist in Dubrovnik, is that on a few occasions I've seen Americans in South Africa become overwhelmed and start to rely on things like the Lion King as a source of valuable information for what's <laughs> for what's going on around them, openly and with no embarrassment. What, what do you mean? So, so the, the, to give you an idea of the, the attitude, we we landed once at uh, Johannesburg International Airport, which is a very normal airport. It's, there aren't <laughs> elephants on the runway. It's a very boring airport, and if you look out the window, you could be anywhere. Sort of scrubby grass, tarmac. Oh. And I had shared the 10-hour flight. Hazy with... horizon. I love sure, the hazy horizon. Sure. But, but still, you know, the hazy horizon, they're the same when you get in Spain or Greece or anywhere else. And I'd shared the 10-hour flight with a large group of American evangelical Christian teens who had, oh. um, at one point at what would have been 3 a.m. UK time, began rapping about Christ. Um, it was a, it was a lot, and when we <laughs> it was a bad flight, and when we when we landed, and the rap, was, to hear the rap, rap. was good. Was it? It was very eighties. Jesus, you know, it wasn't. Quite MC God. Yeah, I'm here to say. Yeah, very much in that oeuvre. Yeah, they were all extremely white. By they the were way. very obedient. The eighties rapper. <laughs> yeah. They never strayed from mm-hmm. the rhythm, the basic rhythm. Anyway, yeah. And as we walked down the, uh, from, like, you know, the tunnel on a plane... Oh, I know the tunnel. ...with the little windows, they just looked out at the tarmac and, like, some brown grass, and they all stopped and went, we are so in Africa right now. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, what... What is different about this to anything you've ever seen? Just a tarmac. I love that. They were enchanted by the runways. It's their version of we're not in Kansas anymore. We are so in Africa right now. That's the unwritten verse from Toto's Africa. (laughs) As the tarmac rises above the Serengeti. We're so in Africa right now. Um, so regarding high and hay. Oh, yes. Somewhere where people say hey a lot, especially hey guys. Hey guys. Hey guys. I it's, don't like hey guys. No, it f- somehow is passag, even though it's a greeting. I immediately mm. go, why? What is it? <laughs> I lean back. Hey guys. Ah, uh-uh, what? What are you selling? What kind of multivitamin yeah. well, is this? Well, there's a real about? flatmate complaining that someone's been stealing the milk from yeah, the fridge. Yeah. Hey, hey guys. Hey guys, just want to say that whoever. Yeah, oh. Now you're, now you're sounding quite influencer. <laughs> well, so I was going to say there's an article recently about uh, the TikTok voice. Which I think is also the oh, YouTuber yes. voice and the Instagram live voice, and but yes. it's it's big on TikTok. It's an entire accent, isn't it? Mm. In its own right, it's sort of half Valley Girl, half informational YouTuber, <laughs> <laughs> because it's not full Valley Girl because it doesn't have that sort of Orange County like sassy reality show voice. No, it's a bit crisper than that. They enunciate very clearly, but it does have vocal fry, which I hate and makes me. Well, we should say so. It's called the TikTok accent. They're calling it, and I don't go on TikTok very much at all. I think I've been on it once, and it was quite extraordinary. (laughs) Oh, it's awful. It was people. 
I couldn't believe it, Steve Hall. <laughs> it, there were these people were live broadcasting themselves whilst fulfilling retail orders in shops. Not yeah. that there's anything wrong with doing that. But I don't want... There was a woman in a takeaway pizza place doing, a, like, a million people watching this. And going, hey, guys, just had an order in for a deep pan with extra cheese, <laughs> so busy, busy. Uh, keep subscribing. Just have a yeah. millionth follower. It's, what? it's monetized nihilism. It's fascinatingly bleak. And then they're all very, very loud, the videos. A lot oh, of yeah. music and screaming. There was someone working in a warehouse of a clothing factory <laughs> just mm. going, yeah, so I've just had some new orders in. It was extraordinary. Anyway, th- yeah, this phenomenon is the TikTok accent, essentially, which is, I call it the hey guys voice. I think yeah. that's a, that's yeah. a good way of describing... Tick-talking. Tick-talking. And apparently it's the future of the English language and we should also say up talk is the rising inflection at the end of every sentence that used to be a sign that you just watched neighbors too much yeah that was because it's uh, an, an, an that Aussie was exactly thing. it it's exactly it. It's, it's funny this it kind of resurfaces as a story every couple of years yeah. Mm. and it, yeah it used to be that you just wanted to move to Erinsborough or summer bay that was what it meant yeah it used to be that it meant that you watched neighbors <laughs> What's interesting is that there was a linguistics professor talking about this, and he said uptalk can actually be a sort of politeness strategy. Yeah. He said we often reach for it when we have to break challenging or difficult news to someone. I'm not sure I agree with that. Because it's not, I don't really want, say, a neurologist saying to me, we've got your test results in. Afraid it's really bad news. Hey, hey, hey guys. <laughs> bad news on the x-rays? No, I would immediately, I'd say, I need a different... Hey, guys, bad news on the prognosis. <laughs> Just out the window. Yeah, then you throw away. some vocal fry in there as well. Yeah. You've, like, got totally got... I'm afraid it's pretty bad news. <laughs> Actually, I've got it's to be a, honest. It's a fungus, man. <laughs> I'm, I'm quite liking the sound of this consultant, now you come to mention it. Frank Skinner. Frank Skinner. Absolute Radio. Absolute Radio. Boys, we're discussing this morning. I should say, by the way, you can text the show on 8.12.15. You can... What else can you do? You can follow us on X. At, X uh, is never going to yeah. happen, is it? Frank on the radio. I'm trying to do the up talk. Oh, mm. I see. I thought you were you felt you were saving me because I'd forgotten it. No, and no. I was a little bit offended if no, I No, no, I was just diving in on the vote. I, was I to... thought you'd had a text from uh, Daisy, the person who runs the show, in reference to my dream, saying this is an absolute disaster. You can follow us on X. Follow us on X and Instagram at Frank on the Radio, or you can email us via Frank at AbsoluteRadio.co.uk, and please do. So we are talking about yes, this whole phenomenon of the TikTok accent and up talk mm. and vocal fry. Yeah, and vocal fry. Do you think that's what they call? That was Stephen Fry's nickname. <laughs> that's how they teased him at school. Vocal fry. Vocal Never fry shuts up. Old vocal fry. <laughs> I would have called him that. That's a great nickname. That's what they, he should call himself that. <laughs> he should do a podcast. Oh, yes, perfect, Vocal perfect. Fry. This week on Vocal, vocal Fry. Vocal Fry. Well, I did it was in the articles about Vocal Fry. I didn't realise 
apparently it was first recorded in British broadcasters in the 60s. Brit- uh, really? performance so that that was where it was originally from but because it was men it wasn't frowned upon so so uh, apparently Sean Connery had elements of it in his acting and, and um, yeah, George George Sanders who's the voice of Sheer Khan in the Jungle Book uh, was renowned yes. for his vocal and then you listen to it and you go oh that's exactly it's it's an early uh, but because it's a, a man doing it, it's absolutely fine and carry on. <laughs> oh, I see. So vocal fry, we should just establish in case we weren't clear. That's the, I call it the Kardashian voice. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, Where yeah. That's really awesome. It's the crackliness of when mm. the sound goes into the back of your throat. And I think I don't, I don't mind it in the middle of a word, but it's that what you just did there where it, it elongates the end of a, of a <laughs> word or when people use it in that California way to mm. lapse into incomprehensibility. <laughs> where they say yes. things, they sort of go, the thing is, I went to the show last night. I was pretty good about it. <laughs> yeah. It just it's becomes like, like nothing. Yeah, like, so, what, sorry, what was that? Could you speak yeah. up, please? At the end of the sentence, they've gone over a cattle grid. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's well, just a noise at this point. Yeah, yeah. And I, I want to. I feel like I'm, I'm sort of hosting university challenge. Sorry, please. Could you repeat that, please? <laughs> I mean, there it makes is, me feel insane. There is an element of you about that all the time, yes. there, and that's no bad thing. <laughs> I do find. I think the thing that I take issue with when it comes to vocal fry is that it sounds so sort of eternally bored yeah. and um, uninterested rather than disinterested, but uninterested, bored, I just wish you'd go away and shut up. It's yeah, got yeah. that energy to it. Yeah, it's I'm not listening mm. as well. It is a bit, yeah, I guess that's just the way thing going. <laughs> There's yeah. a contempt, I feel, with it. <laughs> the, the thing, uh, vocal fry's distance, isn't it? And then up talk is, is like... Uh, Softening because you're almost saying that everything's a, a voluntary question. Yes. What are we going to do is we're going to put you in jail. Because <laughs> it goes up at the end, you feel like you could go, but I don't want to go to jail. And they'd go, okay. That would, that would change every film if it was delivered. <laughs> you're right, you're an attorney. You, lo- you will come to the dark side. Yeah. <laughs> I'd love it if there was a rule, because they do say that language is evolving, and I appreciate language does evolve. Even I accept that things change. Um, <laughs> however, I do think... I have no problem with young people talking like this. That's yours. You have that. Enjoy. Where I struggle with up talk is, I think, over 45, 50. It's a bit undignified. Mm, I don't want to hear anyone on the Antiques Roadshow (laughs) saying, OK, I think I can value that for you. This vase was my grandfather's. (laughs) Yeah, the Christmas, the King's Christmas speech. I'd like to wish happy Christmas to the Commonwealth. (laughs) Also, I don't... (laughs) Really sassy. And also... I think once you get to the pensioner's age, I don't think you can be walking into a sort of, you know, a transport office saying, I'd like to apply for a pensioner's freedom pass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd like totally need a new mobility scooter. <laughs> There's just a lack of dignity. And also, save our news. Mm-hmm. I don't want any up-talk no. on my news, oh, yes. do you? <laughs> no. How's I'd, that going to work? I don't want the newsreader asking me what's going on in the world. <laughs> You can text the show on 812.15. You can follow us on X and Instagram uh, at Frank on the Radio, or you can email us via frank at absoluteradio.co.uk. I should say I'm Emily Dean. That's very important information, mm. yes. Well, I've realised I haven't said that. <laughs> I mean, how arrogant. <laughs> uh, I played we... your jingle earlier. 
What did I go for? I went for the boys are back in town and we just we established that you could not be less like the boys are back in town. Yeah, it's, uh, the boys are back from hospital. <laughs> the boys are the boys are back from their yeah. experimental asthma treatment. The boys have got a sick note excusing them from games. <laughs> the boys are back at home. Yeah, they're back at home. The boys have cried off school today. Yeah, yeah. The boys are watching Nightmare. <laughs> Uh, what else? What's been happening? Uh, do you know, uh, I feel a great, tremendous sense of power when I say that because I realise Frank says it mm, sometimes. Yes. What's I've copied Frank. Yeah. He'll sit back and he'll say, what else? <laughs> and it's kind of the equivalent of saying, over to you. Yeah, yeah. Deal with it. Yeah. Well, we've heard from the outside. We've quite a few people, including uh, 056 on the texts, uh, we were discussing vocal fry. Uh, quite a few people have... There's a brilliant TV show called Louder Milk, uh, starring the magnificent Ron Livingston. I've seen it. Uh, a lot of people... My wife loves Ron Livingston. Burger mm. from Sex and the City. Yes, that's how we know that's him. His, but it was also in Office Space, one of the finest comedy mm. films of all he time. He is very well known um, to us ladies. <laughs> we know him best as a character who broke up with Carrie using a post-it note. No one oh. does that to Carrie. He broke up with her on a post-it note. It said... And I'm sure uh, your other half will back me up. It said something like, sorry, just can't do this. <laughs> oh. OK? Even even the boys are shocked. Wow. Yeah, uh, anyway, so he's gone in to be in this in this show, Loud and Someone has even identified Series 2, Episode 1, uh, has him berating uh, a girl in a coffee shop for using vocal fry. Uh, in fact, that clip has gone, but it crops well, up quite a how bit. How dare he after breaking yeah. up with people on a post-it note? <laughs> I like the sound of that person. When they say Series 2, Episode 1, that's ha- that sounds like a nice friend for you, Steve. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Don't you or, think? The, or the, with the abbreviations. They say, oh, it's in uh, S2E1. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> ah, I like you. The code. <laughs> I think when sometimes when people refer to seasons, it sounds a bit grand, though. So, for example, I do a podcast in addition to this, as you may know, and... Uh, Sometimes people say, yeah, so what season you want? Oh, come on. What season? <laughs> what is this succession? It's a dog podcast, <laughs> goodness sake. Because well, I know Frank, the, Frank's poetry podcast is on something like series nine now. It's, it's really had a magnificent run. Series I can live with. Well, series but is the British season one, yeah. A season, I think, sounds a bit yeah. delusions of grandeur. Because series is, is British and season is American, yeah. isn't it? Correct, What yes. do you do with Bud? Because obviously last week someone let us know it was the 900th show of the Frank Skinner Show with yes. Bud Pod. How many, do you count how many episodes you've done? Of, we, we count this is, Sorry, this is the podcast you do with the magnificent Phil Wang. With Phil Wang. We're I... turning into this into some sort of commercial. Pod chat. <laughs> what is this, some advertorial? We've only missed a few weeks in the in the years we've been doing it. So it's just on, it's just constant. It's like the news. It's just like, it's, it's never, it never not on. It never stops. Never ending nonsense, yeah. You just never stop. Yeah. You're like Vocal Fry. <laughs> <laughs> Why doesn't he do a podcast called Vocal That's, Fry? Someone so should have great. suggested it, don't yeah, you think? definitely. And there'll be a lot of sort of Latin puns. Yeah, but he won't be using the Vocal Fry. No. Because he's one of the few people. I like the producer. You noticed <laughs> this gr- week, <laughs> she, I think she's just edging in a bit. <laughs> she's just coming in quite a lot. There's been a lot more. Yeah. It feel, you know what she's felt like a bit? And I do love her dearly. It's felt a bit this week like, you know, you've got that friend in the group of friends. And you'll say something, she'll go, I know, disgusting. It's awful. I know he did. I know. I know. <laughs> 
the I'm, validator. Yeah, that's exactly it's a, it's, it. It's a really valuable part of any group. Oh, you it? need a validator? It's a bit like the equaliser, <laughs> yeah. except all they do is... And I like those people. Yeah. <laughs> I know. That's exactly what I said. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. Um... Where are we? I don't know where I am. <laughs> I've suddenly lost all sense of what's happening in this show. Oh, yes. I want to talk to you, Pierre. Yes. About what's been going on in your life. Well, um, as, a, as, a, as a cultured uh, uh, highbrow man, <laughs> I, I did a cultured highbrow thing. A friend of mine um, has published a book of poems, a poetry really? book. Really? Yeah. He is a poet, I will say. He hasn't had a... Massive, He's a proper poet. A massive breakdown. <laughs> and self-published an enormous book of <laughs> mad poems. Although I would also enjoy that if that happened. No, he's a proper... I've got to be honest, I'd prefer that in some ways. <laughs> in some ways. Yeah, they'd certainly be um, outsider art, authentic. That's interesting then. So is he a professional poet? Would that be on his passport, poet? I, I'm not sure, actually. What do you write, put when you're a poet? Do you just sort of put writer? No, I think you should put poet, wouldn't you say? I mean, I... I would say yeah. it's definitely his main, his only, his thing. Yeah, no, the implication would be if you are a poet, you're on your job applications. It would say I stack shelves, or I'm a barista. Well, well, this I think it, if yeah. you're a poet, you should you should know it by by definition. <laughs> <laughs> you well, should own it. Well, yeah, the rhyme tells us a lot yes. of people are unaware. You wouldn't, wouldn't want it written anywhere where someone would question if that was a customs and someone goes, "Oh, you're a poet. I would give us yeah. a poem." Or just or harder to get a visa in one of those countries where they go right, and you're going to meet the income. requirements requirements are you for, for living here in america with your poems are you that was some advice i think my father my late father may have said that to me once which was never date a poet mm-hmm. i think That's he might advice. have been right yeah or a foreign correspondent yeah I think for other reasons, that's that's yeah. very good advice. Yeah. Anyway, back to the uh, the poet who does so know it. He, he does know it because he is a proper poet. He's he's licensed. He's a fully licensed and insured licensed. poet. <laughs> he's not just a freelancer. Um, he he's he'd published a, a sort of pamphlet before, but this was a big deal. You know, you got your book coming out, and he had a book launch in a pub. Oh. Rented out a pub for it, him and the publisher. And it was a whole thing. And after I opened for Frank at the Gielgud, I went from a West End theatre to a poetry book launch. And I was walking there and I worried that they wouldn't let me in. Why? But you presumably you had the Novelli signature jacket of the... Well, it's a velvet smoking jacket. Well, I can't think of anything more poetry. <laughs> well, no, see, I wouldn't have worried if that was the case. You're right, because I'm dressed like the king of poems. I'm Commission 7 on the way here. <laughs> that would have been good. But no, I left that at the theatre. I left that in the dressing room. I was dressed exactly as you see me now, in a big grey hoodie with Steve, a Steve, well, how would you on. sum up? Uh, Pierre's look today. He looks a bit South African fitness instructor. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Would you say? I, uh, yeah. Well, maybe you do a you. Maybe you're a South African uh, fitness YouTuber. Hey guys. Hey guys. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys. What are we going to be doing today? Some weightlifting. <laughs> going yeah. up for then? Yeah. Well, this is a, horrible. Really, I'm going to change some your... weightlifting. I think <laughs> it doesn't I'm... work in the South African. No, it doesn't work. Think. Anyway, I'm dressed like a bully. <laughs> That's why I thought they wouldn't let me in because I'd show up yeah. and they'd go, "Oh, so, sorry, Hans. There's a poetry. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Kurbus. Sorry, Faf, Faf de Klerk. There's a poetry event yes. on here. Not, you can't come in here and start fights like you normally do in your little workout hoodie." 
Yes, Ooh. you you don't look very you don't look very poetic. I don't look poetic, and I'm a very large bearded man. <laughs> and I just thought they're going to say, "Well, we can't let him in. He's going to take everyone's lunch money." <laughs> I'm sorry, Pierre. I, I just want to sit with this for a bit longer. The fact that you just said, I am a very large bearded man. Yeah. <laughs> the greatest thing you've ever said. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. We were talking, uh, We, I should say, we were having a lovely time, which we do sometimes off air, yeah. reminiscing about, do you remember that time I went to Wimbledon? <laughs> and I sat with Frank, one of my greatest moments, one of the greatest moments in my entire life, was when Frank Skinner turned round, we were sat in between example, are you familiar with his work? Uh, I'm not. Actually. Could you give me an example? Well, I couldn't, but could you? He's no. He's some sort of rapper, I think. And Serge from Kasabian, you're familiar with his work? Yes. And Frank turned to Serge from Kasabian and said, Palmer Violet, Serge. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Example? I said, I don't know if you should actually call him Example. It's a bit weird. He said, these are the names I've been given. Yeah. Would you like a mint, the thin white duke? <laughs> <laughs> it had something of that about it. Yeah. Anyway, on the subject of uh, the king of comedy... You, yes. We were talking about poetry. That's it, yeah. Well, I, I, I went to a poetry lounge. <laughs> you can't um, say that about a poetry no. lounge. That, that won't go down well with the poetry people. No, well, I thought I wouldn't because, as I said, I showed up in my grey exercise hoodie and my jeans and my with my... Let's let's face it, rug, rugby vibe. <laughs> you had the look of someone who would be interrogated, as as you often point out yourself, by Louis Theroux. Yeah, well, yeah, there's a survivalist yeah. aspect to my appearance sometimes. Well, it's, it's interesting because obviously there is a physical resemblance to Jurgen Klopp. It's like if Jurgen, Jurgen Klopp played rugby rather than football, <laughs> that would be... <laughs> Jurgen Klopp ate a lot of beef. <laughs> I don't, oh, I've see, never heard that, that come before. from? I, th I think there's a... How good, are my, good way. how good are my teeth looking that I get to be? Yeah, <laughs> yeah but he's got real teeth. <laughs> if I just he's get... not saying, I went to an amazing dental clinic and if you... Hey, guys, if you want to get a discount... A white gum shield. And just mm. um, but I, I did get in. I got, I got some glances. You got, I, into I got the into poetry. the poetry thing, yeah. I got in and I looked around and everyone there, I was right to feel out of place to an extent because everyone there very, not just stylishly dressed, but a bit alt, a bit alternative. What, what sort of clothes are we talking? We, a, a, lot, a lot of sort of like statement scarves. Oh, okay. Some dungarees. Some dungarees. <laughs> that's, that's a word it's impossible not to say with uplift. You have to <laughs> Some dungarees. <laughs> yes, you don't... It's impossible to sound like you have any gravitas when you, you know, say the word dungarees. You can, you can go up with dungarees, but vocal fry doesn't work. Some dungarees. <laughs> go, Question. It's not, it's not Question. And I'm, I'd like to put this out to our readers. Who knows if it'll work and they'll enjoy it, but let's give it a go. Uh... Favourite dungaree wearer. Yes, that's good. <laughs> Favourite okay. dungaree wearer. I'm going to go in. I've forgotten his name. Our Le readers can help us. But there was Leatherface from the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm sorry, but you know what that's going to call for? <laughs> Too dark for breakfast. <laughs> OK? I'm not going to sing it. That's a Frank Skinner trademark, but it had to be said. No, you know my favourite dungaree wearer? Who was the man, or the old man? He was like in the Dukes of Hazard or something. Or am I getting confused? He was like an old grampy figure. Yeah, he was with a gun. Porky or something. 
I don't know, Grandpa Hog or something? <laughs> Boss Hog? But, well, Boss, Boss Hog? Yeah. Boss Hog. And where was he from? Dukes of Hazard? Uh, they're, they're from sort of Louis- Mississippi or something, aren't they? I don't know, but this sounds like a sort of conversation in a yeah. pub, not, not national gonna, radio. I'm Kevin Rowland. Dexy's Midnight Runner's best dungarees. Yeah. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. Please tell us about the uh, your poetry, your little poetry well, evening. Well, so it was... My, sorry, my... Uh, I've just seen something, Pierre. Yes. I, I'm sorry to interrupt, but why have you got two very large packets of Haribo on your desk? Some days are a two-pack day. <laughs> <laughs> wow, OK. Um, when, when producer... That's, that's what they wear it, but that's, they bring them to poetry. When I, when I say I'm a two-pack a day, man... <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually talking about Haribo. <laughs> I, I have a star mix in the... I have, I have Tang Fastix in the morning to wake me up. <laughs> fizzy, fizzy, fizzy energy. And then I, I pace myself with the uh, star mix. Oh, I love a Tang Fastix. Yeah. Who is the character uh, attached to Haribo? Has it's a got... little bear. Oh, is it a bear? I thought it was a man. No, it's a little bear. Oh, OK, it's a bear. A gourmet bear. Oh, OK. <laughs> Haribo is German, and I think they might be the least German-seeming sweet. Yes. But they are very German. Yeah, uh, anyway, unsettling. back to the poetry reading. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, stop reading the Haribo ingredients. Put I, it down. I, I, I snuck in. I snuck yeah. in like a bully and I eavesdropped on some poems and I talked to a lot of people with some very thickly rimmed glasses. <laughs> Did you? And collarless shirts buttoned all the way up. <laughs> Yes, oh, I can yes. imagine there was a lot of that. Yeah, was there sort of a lot of Mandarin collar action? Yes, and some very high shoes. But yes. Like platform, like the brothel creepers. Yes, but with an ankle sock rolled down. Of course. Mm, of okay. course, of course. It's poetry after all. Mm. I, and, I feel uh, like we should name yeah, your sorry, that it's, yes. it's, it's called Absence by my, my friend Ali Lewis. It's very good. I've shared it on my Instagram story, if you'd like poetry. <laughs> what I like looking. is that Steve, I feel, is the sort of PR. Yeah. He's always yeah, yeah, chiming yeah, in saying, can we please make God, sure that all the credits yeah. are given? Can you imagine how quickly you go bankrupt if you went into poetry <laughs> PR? <laughs> Well, also, your, oh in- your Instagram feed has power. You, you uh, mentioned my wife's misophonia book this week. And yes. her, her Amazon Steve, you're getting over the top to, with the PR. Well, she's mentioned, mentioned but, but no, but it's right no, to bring I'm up misoph- misophonia because you and I, Emily, yes. are terrible sufferers are we? of misophonia. Yeah, I always think we're normal, but apparently we're, y- you think that we're abnormally sensitive. We're like Spider-Man. Okay. We can hear these sounds no one else can hear. I've been on the tube with uh, Pierre... That's my story. <laughs> no, I've been on the tube and I've said, what, what is that? Why is everyone behaving like this is normal? It's like there's no sound happening. <laughs> and well, yeah. Sometimes a noise has happened and you turn to me in alarm and I immediately know the sound you mean and I just say, it's that pram. Uh. <laughs> it's that pram's wheel. And you go, right. So did, you, did your friend do a reading? Yes, but I missed the reading because I was opening oh, for Frank. Oh, I see. So I turned um... up late to the poetry party. I oh, so many listeners. Because that would be a misophonia nightmare because of it needs silence. Yes, that would mm. be bad. I wouldn't have liked that. Were there any... Can I ask if there were any capes in attendance? <laughs> <laughs> Don't take well, that. Well, of course, Dracula was there. But Jeff... <laughs> No, no, but I, I do see the poetry community. Jeff Dracula, Nepo baby. <laughs> <laughs> Don't ask him how he got his castle. Yeah, we all know about where you got your fangs, yeah. your mini fangs. Oh, Lil Drac over there. Uh, little little Drac. Uh, t- were there any capes, though? Because I do... I, that's my idea of the poet. What was the most eccentric Is, thing I saw? Well, I, I'm just... I think there would have been a cape. Somewhere there would have been a cape. If you're a poet and you don't wear a cape, 
I don't want anything to do with you. <laughs> Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. Have we been hearing from our wonderful readers? We have. We have a correction to make. It wasn't Boss Hog in the dungarees. It was Uncle Jesse. OK. To be fair, I didn't commit hard to Boss Hog <laughs> no. in any way. I wasn't, I'm not going to say shape or form because I have, know people that say yes, that. Few have. And it's when you see a, someone's sent a picture of Uncle Jesse and I, immediately my childhood comes flooding back because he sort of looks like a redneck Uncle Albert. Yeah, Played by Denver Pyle, someone has told I, us. I've just got a rather alarming question. I need this clearing up immediately. Mm. Did Uncle Jesse... Did, did he wear a top under the dungarees? He, he did, he's wearing a top, but it's a... Stripey? It's, it's a Long John sort of... Oh, I, I, can yeah, work, yeah. I can work with Uncle Jesse. I like a long mm. John top. Any right. other dungarees? Yes, there's a few. Uh, Anna Banana has has exed the show, saying her favourite dungaree wearers are all the minions. Yes, and and she do points out and they do wear dungarees. Do, are they denim? No, they're the sort of doll denim, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean by that? It's a slightly cheap, too blue denim. Yeah, well, and thin. Mm, oh, yeah. But Anna also points out. One of our favourites on this show wears dungarees. It's Disney's Pete. Is he a dungaree <laughs> in, in early incarnations, he does tend to be wearing dungarees. Obviously, in the Goofy movie, he's yes. dressed as a suburban dad. Yes, quite. <laughs> and behaves very much like one. But early Pete, sure, yeah. dungarees. Okay. And 844 has said, best dungaree wearer has to be Jeffrey from Rainbow. Mm. Well, yeah, I mean, now you're getting into icon territory. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, no one comes close to Jeff. As I called him. That was his security team's policy. Yeah. I never met the rainbow presenter. I did get to... Well, you won't be familiar with this. You were on the Isle of Man or, or in the, you know, the Toto areas. For, foreign. Yes. I was so in Africa. Yeah. So was, we, had real, we had real rainbows, actually. Didn't need rainbows filled with puppets. <laughs> you guys. I did get to tour some of the, uh, the children's programme studios as a child. Because oh. I made it the... The, what, there were so many. There was Play Away. There was, uh, but I don't. I don't think I ever met Jeffrey from Rainbow. Sadly, in in South Africa, we almost exclusively had the very sort of Hollywood sterile American kids' TV. And when I moved here, I, I found the slightly homemade, kind of stitched cloth puppet aspect of a lot of British kids TV mm. absolutely harrowing did you <laughs> I don't know how I feel about that description Steve of our TV terrifying stitched cloth <laughs> yeah all these things that were made in a sort of hobby craft class going <laughs> and I've never thought about the idea of bagpuss being an object of terror but also just going like wait has a man done this in his shed the, yes. what was the budget for this four the answer to your question is yes, yes. And where are it, the power rangers I know where are the robots I that's have, what I'm I know you're subtweeting Oliver Postgate at this point, <laughs> who made Bagpuss. What I also liked about British Kids TV was it was always a sort of gravelly-voiced 70s actor who's, who smoked 40 Marlborough a day. <laughs> yes. Sort of, and Bagpuss yeah, went back. Vocal fry in acceptable <laughs> form. Yeah, vo yeah, from Hamlet. Too many Hamlets, <laughs> yes. vocal fry. And sort of remonstrating with a cloth puppet. <laughs> oh, don't do that. That's not how you make an egg. <laughs> or whatever. Yes, they were oddly aggressive, these guys. These. Yeah. Yeah, they're always being told off. So the dance. So any more? Who are we going to go for? Who are we going to vote? Because you know time is ticking <sighs> mm. on. Who is our absolute I'm, top? I'd dungaree? give it to Jeffrey from Rainbow. All right, Steve. But, uh, I, no, <laughs> I, but I'm not the judge. I'm, I'm not. I'm not judge and jury. Okay. I'm. <laughs> I'm a big fan of Disney's Pete, just for how much he bullies Goofy. Okay. Hey, Goof. I'm gonna. I, I'm gonna go for Uncle Jesse, just because I like being a contrarian. Yeah, no, and nice. you know what? 
I like to think it's what it's Frank Skinner would approve of me. It's what he'd want me to do. We have so hey guys, we have so enjoyed uh, having you with us this morning. Thank you so much for joining us. Frank will be back very soon. Up next, Sarah Champion. We'll be seeing you. This is Frank Skinner. This is Absolute Radio.